Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. I am your Legacy newbie, Patrick. With me this week I have Mr. Cherry and me. What's going on, man? Uh, not much, Pat. Business as usual. Awesome. And we also have a special guest, returning guest, friend of the pod, uh, Bob Wong. What's going on, man? Woo-woo. Happy to be here. <laughs> friend of the pod makes us sound like a, like a community in the in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> we got the pea pod up in here. <laughs> Yeah, friend, friend of the pod. Uh, it feels like every time you're coming on here, you're coming off a uh, a big top eight finish. So, uh, you were a uh, top eight finisher in the uh, EE six. Uh, uh, yeah, this last Bob, weekend. Bob just packed our schedule. We invited Bob on to talk about his article for Channel Fireball, where he interviewed a bunch of pros about the legacy meta. And then, as we're asking, you just have to, uh, you know, come in second at EE6. <laughs> and then the cherry on top is you release another legacy article. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of crazy. I was, uh, like, usually I try to shoot for, like, one article a month, but I was feeling especially inspired. Um, after, like, doing the top five, and then um, actually wrote the article before I uh, did well at EE, but I wrote the bandless article before I did well at EE, but still, all the things came together, and I have a lot of thoughts on the format right now that I'm happy to share, and excited to be here and talk with you guys again. Awesome. Well, we got a lot on our plate, so let's uh, let's dive right into it. Uh, Pop, uh, Bob, tell us about, you know, the list. I was shocked to see you sleeving up this list, so I, I'm really <laughs> uh-huh. interested to see your uh, your reasons behind it. Sure. Um, yeah, I guess I could start with a bit of a background. I mean, like, most people know me as a Delver player, and uh, I do play a lot of Delver. It's usually the deck that I play in competitive tournaments. But, uh, I don't know, I was just, like, you know, struggling with the current format, like, post-Louisville. It's like, there's so many Fatal Pushes, Lightning Bolts, Swords of Plowshares. It just seems like there's not that many good matchups anymore. Like, combo is generally, you know, the matchup you want to be facing, and there's not very much of it. So I think the deck is just not that well positioned. And, like, while I think I actually had, like, a positive record against most of the top decks of the field, I just didn't have... Like, my my positive record was, like, very modestly positive. And my roommate um, and a bunch of his friends who all play Miracles, you know, their win rates were way higher than mine was with Delver. And I was like, all right, I can see the writing on the wall. Like, yes, Delver can sort of beat everything, but Miracles does that too and does it at a much higher level. Uh, with a much higher win rate. So then I was like, all right, uh, my roommate beat me after I tried, like, seven or eight different decks against him. I, like, tried, like, him bug Delver. Uh, I tried Food Chain. Tried all a bunch of uh, crazy decks. I mean, I even played, like, last GP, I literally played Four Color Loam. And he's like, no, Miracles beats that too. And I was like, really? <laughs> and then he just kept beating me with it. So basically he beat me with enough decks that I was like, all right, I give up. I'm going to finally play Miracles. <laughs> so I've been um, playing it for, like, a couple weeks now. Um, I have had a little bit of experience playing it before this year, but um, I also have just like watched him and other you know good players play it a lot, so I've learned a lot from that. Um, but I've just started playing it, and I will say I made a lot of mistakes. Literally, the very first round, I made like the most savage punt ever, which is um, <laughs> a Pat Eagle uh, moment. <laughs> punt I don't know. I think uh, I've seen. I've seen. I've never seen Pat punt. I've seen you punt. <laughs> <laughs> Eat it, Jerry. Eat it. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let me let me uh, let me go ahead and describe the punt. I was round one against Blue Red Delver, like the heavy burn list with Price of Progress. Um, so I win game one. Game two, I basically have locked up. I have Countertop out, and I have a Terminus on top of my deck um, for his like one creature. 
Um, and so I, I mostly, you know, have this game on lockdown. My life total is a little bit on the low side. I think I'm at, like, four or something. Um, but, you know, I have a bunch of, like, ones floating on top of my deck. He really can't really do anything. So what I do is on my on his turn, he goes for a lethal attacker, and then I tap my top to a to draw a terminus. I have two tops at this point. He bolts me, and in response, I tap another top. He bolts me again. <laughs> <laughs> then I cast Brainstorm. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll just put some uh, a one drop on top from my hand, and then cast the Terminus, and then like I get to untap, and there's no way he's in this game. He has no hand anymore. Um, what I do is I put a Wear Tear on top. I'm like, yeah, I'll counter your bolts, um, triggering the Terminus. But when I said I'm countering your bolts, I missed the Terminus trigger, so I could no longer cast it, uh-huh. and so then I died. <laughs> it was just the most awful thing uh, that could possibly happen. Wow. Yeah, I like had all the cards. Um, and your opponent, uh, your opponent like picked that out right away because I feel that's a vague enough rules interaction that a less experienced opponent might not see that. Yeah, it was weird. So there was like a judge there um, who was just watching. Because of course and... you're in, you're in time at by this point because you're playing miracles. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, we weren't quite there because it was only game two, Jerry. Oh, uh, uh, okay. But, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We were probably, you know, still one of the later matches. Um, but yeah, so I, I can't remember the exact, like, if he picked it out or I think I was just trying to explain my triggers because I was confused because I was like, wait, we have some counterbalance going on. We got some miracles going on. And then I, like, tried to figure out and explain how the stack worked. And I was like, wait, the stack works against me. <laughs> it is yeah, not counterbalance triggers are on the favor. stack before the miracles trigger is on the stack so mm-hmm. they should res- the miracle trigger should resolve first and i didn't resolve it or I, I resolved it or whatever but i didn't cast it gotcha but you you clawed back from there it wasn't wasn't the end of the world uh yeah i actually so i lost game two ended up winning game three and then uh you know managed to make it to top eight um at seven and one for seed Wow, very nice. Uh, I was I was kind of hurt though when you were describing trying all these uh, decks out earlier that uh, you didn't go back to your roots. When I first met you, you were a sneak and show player. Oh yes, yes, that um that was a long time ago. But you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, actually, I think sneak and show is one of the few decks right now that can be built to beat miracles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I guess with the like relative. Scarcity of Delver, like if Delver goes down, um, Sneak and Show gets better. And I was never like that scared of the Death and Taxes matchup. It's not great, but it's not horrible. Um, so yeah, I mean that was actually no, I, literally it was on my list um, to play. But I was like, you know what, I have to play Miracles based on you know all my friends' win rates. But it was it was pretty high on my list of things to go back to and play. Yeah, I was actually impressed in your article. You interviewed Reed Duke, and he put Miracles at number one, like most people, and then he put Sneak and Show at number two. <laughs> so I, I was surprised at the number of other pro uh, players who are have you know a healthy respect for Sneak and Show. I was I was not expecting to see that much uh, love for the deck. Yeah, I mean the deck is just so powerful, and like if you're not ready to interact with it, um, you're you're probably just gonna lose. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, uh, like, what I like about the deck now is, like, it has... There's a couple different builds, but some of them play, like, Omniscience and Viseju, and then that just gives it a really good matchup against Miracles. Right, right, depending on the build. Um, um, 
So, you know, kind of getting into your first article for Channel Fireball, uh, what kind of uh, inspired you to just, like, I don't think I've ever seen anyone do something at this level before, you know, getting such a wide variety of well-respected, you know, minds of legacy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually, so my friend Julian, you might know him as, like, the Elves guy, um, he actually did uh, an article, like, serving a bunch of people, I want to say last year, and so that was, like, the initial where I, like, thought of it from... Uh, he didn't go as deep into, like, analyzing the decks, but he did do, like, sort of interview uh, survey type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did you find it, uh, you know, easy? How did you just send Facebook messages out to all these people or these people that, you know, you know from the, the circuit? Yeah, I think I knew almost everybody um, and was, like, Facebook friends with almost everybody. Um, and Joe, Joe was a little bit harder to get in touch with, but most people I just, like, messaged on Facebook and people were, like, really happy to reply. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. I think it's it's a pretty interesting, like, another take on the metagame um, compared to, like, you know, my usual metagame analysis. So I'll probably, like, throw this in the rotation, do it maybe, like, once a year or so. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So I, I'm sure... I, I know, think it's... Ta- just to add on to that, I think it's really cool because picking the brains of a bunch of uh, really great Magic players, because I think knowing the, the top five decks is more intuitive than just data-driven. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of a really neat metric to use. I think it's really unique, and uh, I, I thought the article was great. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure, you know, talking to all these uh, these people, and everyone just has miracles at the top of their list. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. how much that it inf- influenced you? You know, once you decided you're playing miracles, now it comes down to, you know, what version of miracles are you going to play? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so I was initially skeptical about playing, you know, the. so I played the No Mentor list with three predicts. Um, I was a little bit skeptical about No Mentor. I was skeptical about, like, playing three or four predicts. Um, but then, because um, literally it was just, like, my roommate, Anurag, he was, you know, the champion of the predict miracles list, and he had been doing well with it, but it was mostly just him. But then the weekend before that, there was the Legacy Challenge, and four people made top eight with essentially his list, um, you know, a few cards off, but they all had at least three predicts. Some had four. So I was like, all right, I guess everybody's on board. And, like, it made sense to me that these lists, like, destroy the bug decks that are, quote-unquote, supposed to beat Miracles. Um, and I just, like, saw him win a lot with it. He told me, like, all the different sideboarding strategies. So it was just, like, pretty easy for me to pick up. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you find yourself versing your roommate in the finals of EE6. <laughs> that was just, like, actually crazy. Like, that has to be go down as, like, one of my favorite <laughs> tournaments ever because, like, you know, not only did I do well, I, like, my roommate, Anurag's a great friend of mine, it was just awesome seeing him do well because he's been really close a number of times. Um, he even top-aided uh, SCG Worcester, a Legacy Open, but then he got DQ'd, which was horrible. Oh, um, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys know this story, but I'm just going to yeah. tell it. Um, but basically, he was he's playing against Andrew Jessup on Elves, and he was on Miracles. Wins game one. Game two, Jessup draws eight cards, and then um, the judge is like, well, you can, like, either Jessup molds to six, or you can just, you know, both shuffle up and go to the next game. And then Honor is like, well, I don't know what to do here, because like, I kind of want to win, but I also feel bad. So you know what? I'm just going to roll a die to figure out what we should do here. Oh. <laughs> so he rolled a die to determine the outcome of the match and got DQ'd. Like in front DQ'd. of the judge? Like just the judge is sitting right there? <laughs> yeah, the judge was right there, and like there was you nothing to do. <laughs> really like... Oh. <laughs> 
Yeah, so like he got his top eight taken away, DQ'd without prize. No shameful. Oh, that's um, a bummer. Trying to be a, just just be a nice oh, guy about it. <laughs> oh man. That's terrible. Well, good yeah, to see. Yeah, learned a lesson. So. Yeah, I learned a lesson. Hear that, kids? Never roll a die or flip a coin to determine the outcome of a match. <laughs> yeah, so like I was saying, like he's been like you know really close a bunch of times. Um, so just really awesome, you know. And then like the fact that like I just picked this deck up and I have not been winning with it. I've been playing on his account on Magic Online. I probably averaged like three two, so like not good at all. And then somehow, like, the cards just flowed for me. Um, other than that, like, massive punt in round one, I definitely made some other mistakes throughout the tournament. But overall, I think I had a, a pretty good grasp of the deck and what I should be doing. And so, you know, I did really well. And I think the list is just, like, bonkers. Like like I mentioned, you know, four people top the Legacy Challenge. And then, you know, two of us played it. We got first and second. And between us, we, we went 19-3, and three, wow. with the three losses being Mirror, Mirror, and Moonstompy. So, yeah, we beat 19 other decks. Uh, here, here, first people, Moonstompy is the answer to the Miracle's Menace. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I think that deck is picking up steam on Magic Online, and I think it's, uh, I've seen some people play it in paper as well, um, and I think it's a legitimate option alongside, you know, the other Stompy options. Is this like a, like a Blood Moon and, like, um... So, it's four Blood Moon, four Magus of the Moon, Ma- yeah, Magus. and then it has a lot of the other typical red stompy cards that you might see like as chalice trinisphere goblin rabble master um the other innovation recently is chandra torch of defiance and oh yeah Confluence. um those two like kind of round out the top end uh and then they're really good especially chandra is insane against miracles interesting that's really interesting Hmm. <laughs> so what, what was ee like for you other than uh like what kind of decks did you face what did you feel like the overall metagame was like um I, I faced a lot of bug decks. I faced a bunch of Delver. So like, mm-hmm. let me see. I think I I wrote it down in my notes somewhere. Um, well, let me just go look through here. So I played the mirror. Let me think. So I played the mirror a bunch of times. I think I went. Yeah, I went two two on the day for the mirror. Um, I lost to Honorog. I lost to Nick Dijon, who I think he um, he won the vintage actually the next day. Um, and then I beat. Uh, Dylan Dunnigan on camera, and then I also beat Sam Rukas, who is, you know, a very, very good Miracles player. Um, so I went 2-2 in the mirror, and before I, I picked the deck up, I assumed the Miracles mirror was, like, highly skill-intensive control mirror. Now that I picked the deck up, I've realized that's actually just not true at all. Um, <laughs> Whoever gets lucky. game one, game one is just, like, who draws more blue cards? Like, <laughs> so dumb, because... The game is always about counterbalance, and it just, like, sometimes you draw the blue cards, and sometimes you draw, draw the shitty white cards that don't do anything. <laughs> um, so game one's really, really dumb. Post-board, it's a little bit more skill-intensive, It's but really it's just, like, a standard control mirror. Whoever blinks first uh, is usually in bad shape. So, um, I don't know. I thought it was going to be really tricky to play out, but it was actually not that bad. Plus, the predict lists, I think, are pretty good in the mirror, because you can just, like you know, draw a bunch of cards during their turn, flash and snapcaster, or fl- flashback predict, and just, like, kind of overload your hand with counter magic that way. So I think mm-hmm. the predict lists are, are favored in the mirror. Um, hmm. Yeah. So rest of the tournament, I beat Delver a couple times. Delver's, like, a close-ish matchup, but Miracles generally is favored if the Delver player doesn't, you know, have a perfect strategy. Um, 
And then, so I beat Delver three times, play against Miracles four times. I beat Elves and Death and Taxes in the top eight. Um, and yeah, that was mostly it. I'm probably missing one or two. Nice. How is, uh, how is the turnout? Because I heard from a lot of people that they just didn't know this event was happening. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think I heard that from you, and I heard that sentiment from a lot of people as well. The turnout was bad. Like... For a 20k event, a 20k event is equivalent to a Star City Open, which you would hope to get, you know, like 500 people for. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, they raised the entry fee to sort of compensate for that. But let me just do some quick math. Um, so with a 20k and a $75 entry fee, they still needed 267 to break even on the entry fees alone, not not to mention, like, paying the judges and the expensive venue. So they needed, like, 260 people. They only got, like, 170 to 180. So I feel really bad for Caffrey because, you know, he's trying to support Legacy here, but the turnout was bad. Yeah, I just feel the advertisement was non-existent. Like, my... Like... I found out about this event when the stream went live. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I was also talking to a lot of people, and a lot of people are saying that, you know, it was in Maryland, wasn't it? Yeah, in Baltimore. Which yeah. is a decent location. It is, but it's just, you lose all the New England players. Like, Maryland mm-hmm. is such an awkward location for anyone north of New York. Um, so I feel you lose, you know, you lose a lot of the strong New England players. Whereas, you know, the people from Virginia, the the legacy players down there, I feel they would they would come up to you know the New Jersey, the Pennsylvania events, anyways. Yeah, you're right. You're like Pennsylvania might have been a better location. Um, yeah, like they've usually done theirs in Pennsylvania and been successful. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he's gonna go back and rethink that. But I I agree. I think the main thing that they messed up was like the advertising, like. They just don't have as big of a reach as Star City. And I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of people did get, like, the blast that they're, like, you know, doing a satellite series, trying to revive it, Legacy. But but there, there needed to be more communication around the main event. Yeah, their, ti- their timing was terrible because they announced the event was happening right mm-hmm. after Star City Games announced that they cut it. So everyone was happy. And then we didn't hear a peep about it for another six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, people were saying that they found out about it. You know, they posted it on the source like a week and a, a week ago or two weeks ago. And it just wasn't enough time for us, you know, us New England players to, you know, book travel plans, get a Airbnb or a hotel set up. It just yeah. it was too much of a mad scramble for something that, you know, the EV just wasn't there for such a short time frame. Um, Especially if you're looking at buying, you know, plane tickets to to fly down to Maryland, because I feel Maryland is just beyond the verge. Most people are willing to drive for an event. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm uh, I'm actually flying up for Worcester, so I'll see you guys. Oh, awesome! Looking forward to it, man. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I hope they have more success in the future, and Mm -hmm. you know, we we'd love to rep them. You know, anytime there's any major event anywhere in the country, I hope someone lets us know about it because yeah, you can like talk about it on your podcast, and some people might listen to it and then go. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, like yeah, like one or two people who listen to this podcast would be able to hear it and be like, oh, maybe I'll go to that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But yeah, just because uh, I feel getting the word out is half the battle. Um, if if no one no one goes to these events, the events are going to stop happening, and then we're just not going to have anywhere to play the sweetest format. Yeah. Well, getting back to it, the sweetest format after all, you know, 
what do you feel? You wrote your article article on the possibility of a ban and legacy, and you kind of played both uh, both sides of the field. I'm I'm interested to see, you know, in your heart, your deepest heart of hearts, Bob. <laughs> what do you think should happen? So, so ideally, yeah, it's like it's tough um, because I'm not 100 percent happy with the way things are now. The way things are now, this is what I feel is yes, legacy is diverse. But if you want to have that high win percentage, you should be playing Miracles. Um, and the the simple fact is, like, the people playing Miracles, like, I keep harping on this, they have a higher win rate, and they have, like, a higher, like, top eight penetration. Like, once, you know, once you start doing well at a GP, you look around, and it's, like, all Miracles. The deck is just that much better against the other decks, and it's much more flexible and can be built to beat the other decks. And I think I mentioned this before, like, I think, you know, you can innovate a deck to beat Miracles, but A, it's going to be hard to beat the field, and B, once Miracles learns of your like strategy, it can sort of rebuild itself to beat you. So I, I, it's kind of annoying that there is a best deck, and so I feel compelled to play that best deck as a competitive player. Um, so that's you know my un- unhappiness with the format. On the other hand, you know the format's still really diverse. Any given deck can take down a tournament, even if it might have slightly lower EV than Miracles. And then the other thing about Miracles is like you know it's fairly skill-intensive and challenging to play. Like, if Eldrazi were the best deck, I would hate the format because I would play Eldrazi, and then there's so many games that would be really Mm draw-dependent. So that would be way worse than the situation is now. Um, So that being said, like, I feel, like, okay about the format, but not, like, you know, super happy about it. So I think what I would do is I would just, you know, keep monitoring the situation and then try to print cards that are, like, especially good against the Brainstorm decks, especially good against Miracles. Um, my, my gut feeling is that, like, this quote-unquote solution is unlikely to, you know, happen just because it's just so hard to print some cards that are, like, you know, good enough in Legacy to, like, really shake things up. Um, I mean, they have... Actually, they have a pretty good track record of doing so. Like, you know, they printed, like, Leovold, Containment Priest, Sanctum Prelate, um, like, fairly recently, so, like... They have shown like some willingness to go this route, and so like maybe we should give them a little bit more time to, to, to do this before we touch anything drastic. Yeah, I feel I feel Thalia is a perfect example of that. Yeah. I feel Thalia is like the most balanced hate card you could ask for, where it's an irrelevant card that people want to play in their decks, but it's not overpowering. Like I feel Leovold is a good hate card, but I also think Leovold is just a bit too good. It's too many abilities on one on one body. Uh, I don't but, know, Jerry. I've been playing a lot of Bug Delver, and it is very sweet to play. <laughs> <laughs> That's my point. Pat's well, winning games. That shouldn't drops. happen. Pat shouldn't be able to win games. <laughs> <laughs> That's your metric for when you know a card is too good. Yeah, <laughs> percentage went into the positive. Mm, mistakes were made. It's like, it's like when I was playing Dig Through Time in Delver. I mean, I missed the Treasure Cruise days for Delver, but uh-huh. I got to I get to play Dig Through Time in it. That was pretty fun to cast too. <laughs> I mean, Leovold can be dealt with though, right? That's that's the thing about it. It's it's one bolt away. It's one fatal push away from being killed. So. So the thing about, like, real quick on Leovold is even when you deal with a Leovold, you're still pushing yourself further in deeper down the hole because your opponent, you're spending a card to answer a card, Mm -hmm. and then your opponent is drawing a card. Mm -hmm. Unless you're playing Miracles and you have Terminus. Right, which is is why I think Terminus is uh, the card I think it would be 
best one of the best cards, Terminus and Counterbalance, but Terminus especially, just because a one-mana instant speed, Wrath of God, is really what pushes Miracles into this dominating standpoint. Mm-hmm. And it's better than Wrath of God, even. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that Terminus, like, what makes it so good is that it's able, it's, it allows Miracles to dig themselves out of a hole if they get into one, right? Exactly. Yeah, you, you know. made a really good point in your article about, you know, Miracles can take these negative tempo plays because they know they have Terminus to bail them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just silly. Um, and then it's, like, because you have Terminus in your deck, your Jaces are absolutely bonkers. Like, it's so easy to control the board and just draw draw your opponent out of cards. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, definitely seems uh, a little unfair a lot of the times, but <laughs> <laughs> that's life, I guess. <laughs> Um, so uh, we also wanted to mention, it feels like Channel Fireball has really ramped up their legacy coverage lately. Have you, mm-hmm. have you covered something like that, Bob? Uh, you know, any inside perspective you can lend us? Um, unfortunately not. So, like, yeah, as a writer, like, I submit, like, you know, an article probably once a month, but, uh, I don't actually, like, you know, participate in the planning of you, 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 all of you. All you writers don't get together for nightly meetings where you discuss. <laughs> what do you yeah. mean? There's no there's no Channel Fireball like Shadow that. Council. What's going on there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like sometimes like the editor might be like, oh, there's a ban and restricted uh, announcement coming up. Someone can someone write like an instant reaction. Um, so then some people might volunteer to write an article. But for the most part, it's just like you know you do whatever you want. Some people have a weekly column. Some people are more freelance like me. So they haven't been, like, asking for legacy content. You just happen to be feeling inspired as of late. Because there's also been, like, um, Andrea Mangucci's put out some really cool, uh, that I've been watching, like, some of the Bug uh-huh. Delver um, videos and stuff. And it just feels like they've ramped up a little bit of their legacy stuff, which I don't I don't mind. I love it. But it could yeah. be also just because standard seems so p- terrible right now. Maybe that's why yeah, we're it's, trying to go. Yeah, it's, like, literally, I don't know. <laughs> Like, it's it's always, you know, been standard, but I don't remember the last time it was literally a two-deck format. Yeah. Like, that's just horrible. Uh, Mono-black devotion and mono-blue devotion. That, that's what I think about, well, no, personally. You play control in that format. That was a three-deck format, Jerry. There was, yeah, there was a Sphinx's <laughs> Rev deck. That's true, because I used to get smashed by it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just, I just like that I haven't had a play standard in forever, and I never have to again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that. Actually, you know what I was kind of excited about, and then because Magic Online sucks, they canceled it. Was the uh, the greatest decks in Standard Gauntlet? They oh, had like all a the history of Standard. Yeah, they it was a uh, it was basically you entered a, a tournament and you were just mm-hmm. randomly assigned a Standard deck from Magic's history. Wow, but actually, that'd be cool. Yeah, and I was actually excited to try that because you know they had everything from you know a Tog all the way up to uh, you know uh, what's it called. Uh, Skull Clamp Muradin block or uh, Muradin oh, standard. That was the deck that you could get. <laughs> yeah, Cobbly. <laughs> so it's just like, but then they had to cancel it because they didn't test half the cards and half the cards didn't work. <laughs> Wait, I don't understand. Aren't the cards already like legal? They are, but they're buggy. So I guess uh, John Finkel's standard deck involving uh, Sapphire Medallion was in it. Uh, mm-hmm. and Sapphire Medallion, you know, reduces the cost of blue cards, but it didn't reduce, it only reduced, like, the normal casting cost. It wasn't reducing, like, buyback, uh, or anything like that that it also should have been doing, which significantly hampers that deck, seeing as how it's based around Sapphire, uh, uh, Medallion, or, what is it, Sapphire? It's the, oh, man, I am blanking on what the name of that card is. 
It's the two mana artifact that reduces the cost of yeah. blue spells. Yeah, yeah, it's sapphire medallion. You got it. Is it medallion? Okay. There's like sapphire charm and too many sapphires, people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I wish they would bring that back and actually make it work. Nice. So uh, Jerry, you did you wrote an article this past week as well, right? Or this was Aaron's article. Yes. So oh yeah, me and Aaron. Uh, so Aaron sent me a link to a top eight legacy event from 2008. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and I'm not going to say which one it is because we're going to slowly reveal the decks over time. But he's like, look at this sweet top eight. These are eight crazy awesome decks that just fizzled out and we haven't seen for years. Uh-huh. So what me and Aaron are doing is each week we're trading off and taking a different deck from the top eight and updating it for today's legacy. Um, Whoa, well, that's that's ambitious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, so Aaron, you should, came, Jerry. I mean, before we get into it, you should really savor that because ambition and Jeremy don't really go hand in hand. So, <laughs> you really just greatness <laughs> cost Pat. <laughs> uh, Aaron's Aaron's article came out uh, today. Actually, he wrote about Togless, which is a sweet, sweet uh, bug control list from 2008, uh, running for accumulated knowledge. Uh, you know, the nice. veterans the veterans will, will remember that card, because that card is sweet. It's one in a blue for an instant, uh, and it says, draw a card, then draw cards equal to the number of accumulated knowledges in all graveyards. <laughs> so you can just do some fun things with intuition and dumping them in and just drawing all the cards. So I, I recommend giving Aaron's article a read. He, he updates it in some really cool ways. And I haven't written my article yet, but I will reveal because it will be coming out uh, the day after this podcast goes live. Uh, I drew the lot of Dread Still. So I have to. <laughs> oh, update, shit. <laughs> I have to update Dread Still for today's meta, which, <laughs> go figure, a featuring a one converted mana cost creature in a format of Fatal Push and Abrupt Decay. <laughs> yeah, can you just cut the Dreadnoughts and play, like, Stifle Landstill? Wondering, can I, can I cut the Dreadnoughts from Dreadnought? <laughs> <laughs> I got some spice. I'm going to try it out. I don't know how good it's going to be, but you it's... Play, uh, you can play Sapphire Charm to counter the Fatal Pushes. <laughs> And that's that, that was my plan, Sapphire Charm, and my my secret tech that I'm gonna see if it'll if it's actually good enough is Apostle's Blessing. Oh yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, you remember that card, Bob? Oh yeah. Uh, the Phyrexian Mana uh, White card, just giving artifacts and creatures protection from the color of your choice until end of turn. Don't know how good it's gonna be. We'll, we'll, we'll... <laughs> Uh, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm hoping people will start uh, some detective work to try and figure out which top eight li- uh, tournament we're trying to piece together. Is it like, <laughs> a, like you know, would people know this tournament, like a Star City Open or something like that? Fairly large, and it's from 2008. Well, um, Aaron wrote the actual date of the tournament, so maybe you should get that off no. there. <laughs> I know, I was a little annoyed at that, but, you know, if people really want the extra hint, they can go uh, check out his article. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, I'm excited for that. Nice. Um, alright, so, uh, Jerry, so did you end up getting to uh, go out and play any Legacy this week? I did, I did. I went to That's E, and I ended up, uh, splitting top four out at, uh, That's E, playing Sneak and Show. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
Jason was actually also there, uh, who we mentioned on the last cast, uh, who uh, came in the top eight of what was the event? The the TJ's Platinum is that what it's called? TJ's no, Platinum. Titanium. Titanium. Yeah, like, I got my medals wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it was probably bad chemistry. <laughs> um, he he also split top four with me, playing his uh, Omni Sneak and Show list. Wait, sorry, um, what were you playing? He's playing Sneak and Show. Okay. Uh, and Sin Prodder was once again the MVP of the day. Yeah, that, that, that cartoon's in really Sneak good. And show? What was that, Bob? In Sneak and Show? In Sneak and Show in the sideboard, Sin Prodder. Oh my god, it, it's awesome. I got to live the dream again, where I curved Sin Prodder into Sneak Attack, and then revealed Emmercool to the Sin Prodder. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I'm taking 15 no matter what. It's like, would you like to take Annihilator or not? <laughs> the best part, though, was I hadn't played the Sneak Attack. I played, I played Sin Prodder, revealed Sneak Attack, uh, or uh, revealed Emmercool to the Sin Prodder turn, uh, turn four. Uh, they let me keep the Emmercool because they didn't want to take 15, and then I just windmill slam Sneak Attack and activated it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so good, so good. So yeah, my actual my one loss of the day actually was against Miracles, and I mm. feel it's a, about a fifty fifty matchup depending on the build of Miracles, and mm-hmm. uh, I definitely want to get some more practice in because I definitely think the, the which build of Miracles you're playing against and knowing which build you're playing against factors really heavily into who ends up winning that match. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. What about you, Pat? You play some Legacy? I did. So uh, last week on the cast, we kind of went over uh, like the Rug Threshold deck. Um, just I don't know. I don't even remember why we, we started talking about it, but uh, so I threw it together out of the blue to play in the uh, Community Legacy League. Um, I did not did not do well. I lost to uh, our friend Brian, who was on like this uh, Death Shadow <laughs> Legacy deck that was actually pretty sweet. I was running like oh, yeah. Death Shadow, Street Wraith. Uh, I had a, like a Singleton Renegade Rallyer. Um, Mishra's Bauble, Thoughtseize, and all these like cards to make a big old, make a <laughs> big most, old Death Shadow. The most expensive uncommons in Magic. Yes, basically. <laughs> um, like, why is Mishra's Bauble a fifty dollar uncommon, and why is Street Wraith like a ten dollar uncommon? That makes because, no sense. To Mishra's Bauble is that, <laughs> I mean, that expensive. Are modern man. Yeah, people uh. are, people are desperate to play a control deck in modern. That's what it is. Um, I lost to our friend Tom Smiley. He was playing Storm. I think the matchup just wasn't. Wasn't great. I drew a lot of dead cards. Um, I lost to Colorless Eldrazi, which was my old Bay deck, um, and then I, I beat a um, a uh, Miracles deck. But the uh, I, I put together Rug Delver because I wanted something that was the week before I got my dick pushed in uh, against a bunch of Fatal Push decks. <laughs> so I wanted to um, have a deck that's a little bit more resilient to uh, Fatal Push. So it was running like the Four Nimble Mongoose. Two True Name Nemesis, and then uh, a pair of Tarmogoyfs, four Delver, and actually a Grim Lava Mancer, which is old tech, and I think I would never do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, the the deck was okay. It, I wasn't like thrilled with it, but I put together Bug Delver for this week, so I think that's going to be a little bit more fun. Um, I've been trying to get a lot of practice with that deck, and uh, actually Josh Sissio and I streamed on Friday last week, and we took uh, a Bug Stifle list uh, through a, a part of a Magic Online um, league, so that was a lot of fun. Nice. Um, but yeah, that was, that's that's how we did. Um, I think the Bug Delver list is going to be pretty decent. It's got Leovold, True Name. Um, it's running some uh, Baleful Strikes in the main. Um, it's 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 a fun deck to play. It's it's resilient to, like I said, Fatal Push decks. Um, Leovold's a house. Like sometimes, like it doesn't feel good slamming a creature against like a deck like Storm, but like Leovold can really get you there sometimes. So. Um, 
yeah, it was uh, we'll see how it goes, but I, I'm enjoying it so far. Nice, yep. Bob. Any uh, any legacy plans for you? Any uh, do you go to like weeklies? Because uh, you're are you still in Virginia? Is it? Yeah, I'm in Virginia. Um, actually, t- to be honest, um, so when I first moved back here, I was going to weeklies, but now I've <clears throat> switched to becoming almost a Magic Online player. So my roommate plays a shit ton of Magic Online. So he is, he also streams a lot. So sometimes I just like you know join him and kind of play it along with him. Um, but yeah, I don't really go to weeklies as often. I might go to like one or two a month, um, and I would go to Curio Cavern. Nice. But yeah. you're you're flying up for uh, SCG Worcester. Yeah, definitely super excited about that. Um, we also got shout-outs to uh, some other stores in my area, so I love Curio. Um, I, there also is a store called MTG First, who they have an online site for, and they're doing a Quest for Power series. They did this last year as well, and it was pretty popular. Like most of the events got around 100 people, and uh, every event give it gave out like a piece of power to the winner. So they're oh, doing that sad. series again, and uh, I did top eight that with Grixis Delver. So uh, pretty excited that they're doing that again. Nice. So are you going to be on Miracles <clears throat> for the near future, or is there anything that might uh, you know sway your interest? I mean, I'm always on the lookout for new tech, for new cards that get printed. Um, but my guess is that you know I'm going to keep playing the deck. To be honest, like, the one good thing about the deck is its complexity, so, like, every tournament you're going to learn something. Like, you know, Joe Lissette, who perhaps has played the deck for the longest, like, he said he's still learning everything, like, learning a little bit every time he plays it, and I know I see my roommate, who's a very good player, but I still see him make plenty of mistakes, so you just have a long way to go if you if you choose this deck, so I'm happy to, you know, at least have something I can always be improving. Hmm. So you might have just answered my next question, but uh, you know what? What would you say is the number one thing for someone who wants to get good at miracles? Um, yeah, I would watch people who play who are good, and then I mean, I guess you know the the easiest way to get good is to play a lot, and the easiest way to play a lot is Magic Online. So if you can suffer that, that would be a good <laughs> option for getting better. Um, yeah, if you can put up with Magic Online. And can put up with miracles. You too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a lot of ifs, and you, you have to understand. I like. I tried to fight this for so long. Like, I literally was like. So the story behind this is like I played miracles in an open, um, maybe in 2014, and I got a I got a draw, and it was just like draw round one, win win loss, and then I like ended up going like five two and one, and I was like, I just hate this deck. I just don't enjoy playing it. I hate long rounds. I want to get food. I'm so tired. And actually, even at EE6, when I was winning and doing well, I was like pretty happy, pretty pumped. But I was like, wow, I've played eight, like seven rounds of Magic, and I've played way more Magic today than I played in the entire like 15 <laughs> rounds of Louisville. Like, I'm just like, so tired right now. Oh yeah, Could t- talk to us a bit about that. How's how's the stamina of playing the deck, especially you know all the way through top eight of a major tournament? Uh huh. Yeah, you just gotta like. I don't know. Other people might be better at dealing with it, um, but you know, you just need to you know keep eating, drinking water throughout the tournament, all those health facts that people harp upon. But then the other the other factor is like you just gotta play enough that enough plays become intuitive. Uh, and people you know talk about this a lot. You know, when you're playing miracles, you always gotta have a game plan, and you gotta you're always cantripping, so you always want to know like, hey, what's my plan? What kinds of cards am I looking for right now? So like once you have that on an intuitive level, it's easier to play. You're still not gonna play it perfectly. Um, but as long as you have that game plan, you can do a, do a fine job. 
Mm-hmm. There's also always the Brian Kibler method. I remember being at a GP and Brian Kibler sitting down, uh, just finishes up a match, and his friend hands him a bag, and he's like, oh, an awesome lunch. And he empties the bag out on the table, and it's like two double cheeseburgers and four energy drinks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so, yeah, definitely stamina, another key trait of a successful Miracles player. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, like I just didn't like the deck. Um, I, you know, I was like, why don't I just play a deck that beats the deck instead of playing the deck? And I, I did that for like a year, and now I'm just finally cashing in my chips. Um, <laughs> I even, so this is what I did. This is how anti-miracles I was, was I sold all my counterbalances, I sold all my tops, and then I was trying to sell my like Terminus and Entreats, but I spilled water on them, so they were unplayable. <laughs> oh, no. And so it was like the ultimate feel-bad when I had to go back and like, buy the cards and buy them to my friends because I had the whole deck um, but I was like I'm never playing this deck this deck is just like not for me it's too slow I like fast rounds I can't think that hard it's not for me but I guess uh. it is for me now <laughs> That's that's the same. So I have the pieces of miracles. I bought him. I bought them back when you know uh, Entreat the Angels was pretty much the only win condition. Mm-hmm. And I've continued to update the deck as new cards have been printed. But I've never sleeved the deck up, and I just can't cross that line. Right. <laughs> but maybe one day I will. You know, you, you, you're kind of you're kind of dragging me, kicking and screaming over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that, man. I mean, like I said, like, the format's still really diverse, like, lots of different decks are winning, lots of different decks can beat Miracles, um, so, I mean, I, I, especially if you're playing Sneak and Show, I think that's one of the better options out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I'm gonna go into the, the future time machine here, uh, if Wizards were to print a card that would absolutely house, uh, you know, house Miracles, what would it be? Yeah, this is, like, something I, like, just started noodling on. Um, I think it would be, I like might do this for like an article series, but it's like, you know, if my proposed solution is print more cards that are good against miracles or whatever, then what, what cards should I like, what cards would wizards need to print? So I was just thinking like, honestly, even if you just gave Spirit of the Labyrinth Flash, I think that would do enough to punish Brainstorm. Um, I think Brainstorm would still, you know, be the best or whatever, but to have such like a good answer for it, I think could be like really, really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I like that. I just almost feel you're going a little too far. So I like I just feel if they printed it, it would be a one colorless, one white creature, and it would go in with like containment priest. Uh, and I, I'm just worried about the mono white prison deck becoming the de facto answer, and that deck stifling other decks from developing. Because if you print something that's so good that it shuts uh, miracles down uh, in such a broad sense, I feel you run the risk of shutting down other decks and ending up lowering the diversity of the yeah, format. Yeah, well, that's more of like an anti like brainstorm card than anti miracle specifically. Right. But, right. Like the counter argument to that is like. So there's actually a lot of good hate cards for Death and Taxes. Like, if you play cards like Ancient Grudge or Dread of Night or Sulphur Elemental, those can really be backbreaking. So it's like, the reason Delver and Miracles are so good, too, is because there's no sideboard card that just, like, destroys them, whereas, the, you know, there's Surgical Extraction for Graveyard decks, there's Containment Priests, um, there's, you know, cards like Ensnaring Bridge for Sneak and Show. So it's, I mean, I think there are, if if Death and Taxes gets, you know, to like 10% of the meta somehow, I think a lot of people will start playing these hate cards that are really effective, mm-hmm. so they can keep them in check more easily than they can keep a deck like Delver or Miracles in check. 
True, true. But yeah, I, I think it's it's very difficult just because, like we've said, Miracles is successful because it's so flexible. And that mm-hmm. flexibility means, you know, just even if Wizards prints a hate card, that doesn't mean Miracles isn't going to transform itself and morph around that hate card. Yeah. Um, you know, if you if you print something that takes out Monastery <sighs> Mentor, people just go back to the Entreat the Angels win condition. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't have an answer for you. I don't know what wizards <laughs> could print that could, uh, you know, rein in, uh, miracles. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, re- maybe reprinting Chains of Mephistopheles. That, that would be good. <laughs> that's on the reserve list. That's a whole nah, other, uh, just, podcast. Just erase that one. Just, just give us Chains back, wizards. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I want. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's so, like, other than that, like, in terms of, like, so the other the other issue I have with the format right now is like counterbalance has like almost warped the format that like almost every deck um, either ignores counterbalance so like Eldrazi uh, and then like sneak and show Bosaiju to like some extent uh, or they play abrupt decay so like if your deck like Storm or like Deliver a lot of these mm-hmm. decks are playing abrupt decay so. Um, that's that's what really annoys me whenever I brew decks is anytime I have a deck with a low curve I feel I'm forced to run abrupt decay. I know yeah, I, it's awful. I, yeah, otherwise I know I'm just going to get destroyed by miracles. Mm-hmm. Like one of the hardest thing about playing building like trying to come up with a stifle knot list is not only do I have to deal with abrupt decay and fatal push, uh, stifle and Phyrexian dreadnought both get hard wrecked by countertop uh, mm-hmm. combo. <laughs> so yeah, it's just it's just really put it puts a lot of restrictions on the brewing uh, process. Exactly. And I, yeah, and I just feel if you're going to run a low curve, you have to run black and green for the abrupt decay. Mm-hmm. And that was my point earlier in my article, too, is, like, you know, if we want some... Uh, I'm not saying there's no innovation now, but if we want some, like, mass innovations, like, either a top plus death rate ban or a brainstorm ban could lead to that. Um, so it's an option mm-hmm. that I think is should be on the table. Oh, that also just reminded me. I also think unbanning some cards could also be the answer. I like I like your stance of uh, unbanning mind twist. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's like the most useless one. I think Earthcraft is pretty useless as well. Mm-hmm. And then there are a couple. So I think those two are like. I mean, yeah, we should unban them because nobody's going to play them. But then on the other hand, like once we unban them, people will try them and the decks will be bad, so it won't change anything. So that's it's just like whatever. Um, and but at least it other, gets people brewing and trying something new. Sure, but I think in the end it like won't change that much. And then the other cards that are on the ban list, I think are like, um, I don't think they would encourage like you know fun quote unquote fun magic, however you might define it. But like so like what else would I unban? Like I think windfall would be a potential unban because it's just not that good. Yeah, I could go in like. Uh, I don't know, maybe like High Tide and Storm. So I think I could be on board with that. I don't... I like Storm. I hate High Tide. <laughs> um, <laughs> Frantic Search is the other one that I think might be able to be safely unbanned, but then it's like, I hate High Tide, so why would I want that? <laughs> um, so I think those would be the four for me that I think like wouldn't destroy the format, but wouldn't necessarily make it that much better. Um, are there any cards that like you have your eye on that you're like, oh, this would make the format better, and I like think it would see play? Um, not particularly. I was I was really intrigued by how you mentioned. That. What I never realized was how few cards have actually been added to the legacy ban list. Like we well, look I think at the that's legacy, great, yeah, go yeah. Ahead. Uh, like we look at the legacy ban list, and it's a 
really long list, and it makes you mm-hmm. think that Legacy's banned a bunch of cards over time, mm-hmm. but like you dove into in your article, if you actually look at it, there's only, like, what, ten cards that have actually been hard banned because of playable reasons? The other ones were either, like, conspiracy cards, mm-hmm. uh, dex- dexterity cards, like... Uh, mm-hmm. Chaos Orb, or cards that were already banned from Vintage because they they were already proven to be broken cards that couldn't be allowed to be played. Yeah. Um, and for the most part, over time, very, very few cards have been placed on that ban list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was, it was only six cards, and then, like, there were a couple that were, like, preemptively banned before they, like, became legal. So it was, it's really just six cards, which is crazy if you think about the breadth of Legacy and the fact that it's, you know, been around... For over a decade now, mm-hmm. I'm, sur- I'm surprised it took three years to ban Shaharazad. <laughs> I was also surprised by that. I mean, that one was like so dumb though because it's like, were people really bringing this to a tournament? Was it really causing logistics issues back in like I don't know 2008 or whatever? Yeah, 2008 Shaharazad. I was playing in 2008 and I never saw Shaharazad and uh, get played. Yeah. Well, did you see a Charizard? I did see a Charizard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I ne- never leave home without it. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, the, the going to that, I would say the cards that could be unbanned that would help put a stop to miracles are also cards that are so warping it would end up mm-hmm. doing harm than good to the legacy meta. Like Mental Misstep would be great against miracles because you could counter that uh, turn one Sensei's Divining Top when you're on the draw, but also having Mental Misstep in the format would be fucking miserable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I just think that, that we can definitely, while the legacy res, uh, ban list is, you know, shorter than most people realize, I do think there is some trimming that can be done. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think... And- I yeah. think Earthcraft could could maybe see some results. We, you know, mm-hmm. it it gives the opportunity for having a uh, a green based combo deck, where if you think about it, other than elves, uh, it's it's hard to come up with a with a green based combo deck these days. What about Alluren? Yeah. Alluren, I would even say, is like just a straight blue black deck that runs green because it has to. But mm-hmm. the, the the card it's based on is great, Jerry. Yeah, but that's not the deck. <laughs> that's the last spell you resolve. If the last spell you resolve is a color that doesn't share a color with any of the other, <laughs> like, that, I, I'm I'm calling folly on that. <laughs> that's fair. I just wanted to I just wanted to mess with you. But that's fair. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Liren. Now that you mentioned that, like, yeah, I mean, Deathrite's sort of green, but the rest of the deck is blue and black. Yeah, uh, food chain. <laughs> is also green, but then I don't think it plays any other green cards except Death Red and Leovold and Abrupt Decay, so same issue. <laughs> it's like, I think a, an Earthcraft deck would be like a green-centric combo deck, not right. a we're playing green because we have to deck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I would say Elves is the only true, true blue, <laughs> true uh, green-based uh, combo deck. Yeah. I'm just listening. Well, to you're, you're not listen. counting. Uh, you're not counting Eureka Hypergenesis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love for Hypergenesis to come back into play. If only Eurekas weren't like 150 dollars a piece. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, says, I, a, I, says a guy with like beta duels, Jerry. Come on. Well, I mean, <laughs> the problem with like it would be one thing if it's like a really good combo deck and the combo piece is 150 dollars, but. Eureka is just kind of a slower, worse version than Show and Tell that also mm-hmm. has 
be four times the cost. <laughs> so it's like, why are you going to pay four times the uh, you know cost to play a deck that is half as good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here's my other like thing that I, I've been contemplating is like with the release of Internal Masters, I think Sneak and Show got way cheaper. And I think so that's like, cheap. And like maybe that's like one other reason other than the fact that it's like decently positioned that it's like been putting up more numbers. I don't know. What do you think? I definitely agree. Uh, all the major pieces other than the mana base have seen a reprint within the last year. Um, you know, Grizzlebrand was a GP chrome, uh, promo, for Christ's sake. Um, that drove its pr- price straight into the floor. Then Show and Tell in Conspiracy, it got down to $15 at its cheapest. Then I know, wow over the place so i think sneak and show is one of the cheapest decks that is one of the most consistent and powerful decks it's just it's running uh volcanic islands and city of traders both of which were on the reserve list which are just you know really expensive but you know maybe now that scalding tarn is seeing a reprint we're seeing the price go down even more Mm -hmm. Uh, um i wonder eventually it gets to the point where just kind of running budget versions of those two cards might just be worth it for crystal like crystal vein style (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, I think Crystal, like, as far as budget options go, I feel Crystal Vein is one of the closest budget options for City of Traders compared mm-hmm. to, like, running Wild uh, wild Mongrel because you can't play uh, for Tarmogwips. <laughs> like, right. that's a pretty steep, you know, budget option. But I feel Crystal Vein for City of Traders is is not a, a you know, a laughable substitute. No, I've seen some Eldrazi decks run it in place of City of Traders. Yeah. Um, the volcanic islands get a little little hard just because if you run steam vents, uh, there there are going to be some haters. Don't let them hate on you. It's okay. You're not running days. You can replay those steam vents, people. <laughs> don't don't be afraid. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I think if if the if the mana base got any cheaper for some miraculous way, Christmas morning wizards announced the reserve list is no more. I think sneak and show would be one of the cheapest decks you could put together, mm-hmm. which I think is great. <laughs> of course you do, Jerry. You love yeah, that deck. I love the deck. <laughs> uh, yeah, awesome. We got uh, we got anything else? Uh, no, that was about it. Uh, Bob, was there anything else you wanted to add before we kind of did contact info and got out of here? Uh, no, I think this is a good episode. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Oh man, yeah. Thanks for coming on. You're always you're always welcome on. Um, all right. So, uh, Bob, if anyone wants to get a hold of you, um, I know you're on Twitter a little bit. Uh, where can they mm-hmm. find you? Where can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so let's see. I, uh, this is one thing I've like. I wish I could like go back and like combine all my social media to like have one name, but they're all different. <laughs> but okay, so my Twitter is silly Asian foo. It's S I L Y A Z N F O O. I've had that screen name since like literally fourth grade, and I, I like it. <clears throat> That's my Twitter. Um, my Twitch is Grizzlepuff. Um, so I. I haven't streamed that much lately, but I might start a little bit more. Um, and then, yeah, I think those are the two best places uh, to find me. Awesome. awesome. What about you, Jerry? I am at Third on Twitter. Uh, hit me up. Also, I'm on Facebook. People have been sending me messages uh, a lot lately on Facebook, which I love it. So, you know, keep it up, people. Uh, if you have questions or anything, feel free to uh, send me a message. And I'm also on both the Facebook group for Leaving a Legacy, and I'm also fairly active in the Sneak and Show Facebook group for uh, Brewers, the Real Thing Presentation, <laughs> as it's been called. <laughs> That sounds intimidating. <laughs> I didn't come up with the name, but uh, it seems to have stuck. And, uh, I saw that someone Griggly came up with. 
<laughs> oh yeah but uh yeah so also on there if you want to talk specifically about sneak and show uh, that's where you can find me awesome uh you guys can find me at pat uglow on twitter uh, my stream twitch.tv slash pat uglow uh, you can find me on the Facebook page as well. You can just search for Pat Uglow. Um, I also uh, have started up a Patreon. Um, I'm still working on assembling it all and getting all the pieces in place. Um, I'm not really sure if there's interest in it, but I'm hoping to stream more, but I'd also like to kind of offset the costs there. Um, so if people want to uh, to check that out um, and support me on Patreon, you can. I'll put the link in the uh, in the chat, and I'd appreciate it. Um, Jerry, you wanted to have people uh, kind of uh, get their, local, their LGSs to host um the car titan trials for eternal weekend yeah so this is something i came across today uh card titan uh they're the ones who run eternal weekend um they started up a trial system where uh local shops all over north america uh if they want it's really easy they just email events at cardtitan.com uh and ask to host a trial and basically it's just a tournament uh, where you get a uh, winner gets buys to Eternal Weekends. And I think this is a great idea because stores can run it. It's, you know, it getting buys to Eternal Weekend is is a big enough deal that people will turn out to the tournaments for that alone. So I think if it's a, if it's a shop that's kind of nervous about starting a legacy scene, they don't know if they're going to get the interest, and they don't really want to put the cash for prizes up, I think this is a great starter tournament for a uh, local shop that wants to test the waters of legacy. Because, you know, I would if there is an event within an hour or two hours of me that's giving out uh, Eternal Weekend, and buys i'm gonna go to that event nice. uh so you know talk talk to your lgs people ask them to uh to host these because i think this would be a great network if this got set up all over the country yeah that's really cool um do you know if they like require anything like i don't know either in terms of prize payout or they need to pay card titan or anything or anything like that um so they have a website we'll link it in the show notes uh where they list the the details out they don't really have any requirements as far as like prize payouts or anything like that um it does seem fairly lax it does you know look like a lot of stores are also going to be backing it with you know other forms of prize payout um but i just think the the buys are a nice cherry on top and if it's a smaller tournament where they're just giving out packs as prizes if winner gets buys i'm also i'll show up to that that's fine by me Mm mm-hmm Awesome. All right, cool. So, um, uh, let's see. Um, you know, Bob, we don't do shout outs on the show. We do scoops in the top eight. Uh, is there anyone you want to scoop in the top eight this week? Um, hmm. Can you guys go first? <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to put you on the spot there. Um, all right, so I'm going to scoop in uh, Danny and Tom, uh, and Steve, for, for that matter, Stephen, for helping run the Community Legacy League, doing that podcast with me. Um, it's been a really fun experience. I really like streaming it every week, and uh, the quarterly is coming up. Uh, by the time this comes out, it will be past, uh, but that is coming up this Saturday, the 25th. Um, I want to th- you know, thank and uh, scoop in the top eight all the people who hop on my stream and make it fun of the chat, uh, and Josh Sissio for uh, helping me stream uh, some bug on Friday last week. Uh, the results weren't great. Um, I think we could have played better against our Miracles matchup, and Alluring kind of s- s- stole the game away from us, but um, it was it was fun nonetheless, and I'm hoping to get him on again sometime soon. Nice. What about you, Jerry? Uh, yeah, well, want to scoop in Aaron for uh, coming up with the idea for the Pastimes Revival uh, series. Uh, it's 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 been a lot of lot of fun, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, also, I, I wanted to scoop in uh, Tracy and uh, Heavy Metal Midget. Both of them kind of hit us up uh, this week just with some really kind words about the cast. So thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, 
Also, just everyone who uh, bought shirts. So the you guys current... have shirts? Uh, yes, we do. Uh, the, the, I'm about to say that the event is now closed. <laughs> but actually, it's still going for today, right, Pat? Uh, I think today is the last day. And do you yeah. have any leftovers, Jerry? I mean... From uh, the last I... run? Oh, from the last run, I have a couple of various sizes. The size selections are slim. But, uh, yeah, today was the last day. By the time this podcast has come out, uh, the campaign will have ended. Uh, we'll, if there's demand, we'll look into throwing another one up there in uh, you know a little bit. Uh, if people want to get in on, this would be the third round of shirts. But, yeah, the, the shirts were a big success. Lots of people got them. So just thank you, everyone who uh, who bought shirts. Yeah, much appreciated. And, uh, Jerry, if you got Bob's size, we'll, let, let's ship him out one. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we I think we can find some for you, Bob. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. So that'd, that'd yeah. Be, that'd be perfect. Hell yeah. Um, all right, so my turn? Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Cool. Um, yeah, I'd like to scoop into top eight all of Team Brown Magic. Some good friends there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a great name. Uh, Niraj, in particular, just lent me some cards on Magic Online, so I'll be able to test a couple different modern decks. Um, I'm actually going to be playing modern in GP Louisville uh, with my roommate Anurag and Zan, so I'd like to give a scoop into Top 8 to them as well. We're going to be uh, actually we're like actually wearing jerseys, so that's going to be cool. Oh, wow. I know, getting serious. Um, yeah, yeah. The, so the real Dan pros is, have pit, pit crews. you got to get a pit crew going with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Someone's like sleeving and unsleeving your deck not, real fast. Yeah, yeah, it's not like a typical sponsorship because uh, Zan um, is one of my friends, and he's like starting this product called uh, the Lotus Box, and it's kind of like, you know how like there's like men's shaving boxes and like other like things like that? This is like that, except it's like a magic, like every month you get something cool. Oh, like, like a deck box. Like Loot Crate? Yeah, exactly. Um, so he's starting it. He's called. It's called Lotus Box. It has not launched yet, um, but he's you know he's getting like jerseys that like say the name and like that's gonna be his thing. So yeah. Hey, when that launches, get, uh, let us know. We'll we'll, we'll uh, pitch the link in our show notes. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah, of course. All right, that's it for me. Awesome. All right, Jerry. Um, you want to uh, roll a die for us? I gotta die. All right, let me pull up a Facebook page here. Boom. We got a twelve. One, two, three. Buster Rhymes, give me some more. Joe Blackman. <laughs> some Buster Rhymes. I like that. That's a, that's a that's a that's an old school song. I like that. Oh yeah, play us out with those classic hits, Pat. Come on, come on, yeah, come on, yeah, nigga. What? What a surprise! Do you suck a nigga, nigga? Close over your eyes. All my niggas getting money, capitalized. Die, little small guy, we on the rise. Everything a nigga touch, platinumized, fully equipped. You know we coming on our supplies. Got a big gun and I'ma show you the size. You fuck with any of my flip mode family ties. Me and my niggas be coming through, stroking you out, killing off any and everything you talking about. See you in the club, now we walking you out. Shoulda thought twice before you went and open your mouth. Yo, anyway we stay keeping it moving. Fucking with the wrong nigga, hope you know what you're doing. Now blame me, all the same niggas the same. It's not a game, make a name still split in your brain. Y'all niggas had enough? Give me some more. Y'all niggas want the round shit? Give me some more. Yo, split where the weed at? Give me some more. I know y'all niggas need that. Give me some more. Even though we getting money, you can give me some more. With the cars and the big crib, give me some more. Everybody spread love. Give me some more. If you want it, let me hear you say it. Give me some more. Flash with a rash, give me my cash, licking my ass, running with my money, sung out with a blast. Do what you want, and niggas cut in the corner, you fucking up the order. Go ahead and meet the reporter. Yo, she telling news on how you switch to a bitch. Little fake money style, nigga, chill with a snitch. So now I pass you shit, I don't got nothing to ask you. Make a little room for me, you know my niggas to pass through.
Cartier, Sydney, Portier, hooray shit But with all of my niggas from around the way shit When I come through, your niggas do my do my thing Bring more shit to generate money Cha-ching! Arrest you, lyrically, flow will caress you Bless you, then a nigga come to your rescue Why you assume a nigga blossom and bloom? I'm coming soon, hit you with a boom, give me some room Y'all niggas had enough? Give me some more Y'all niggas want some wild shit? Give me some more It's Bliff, with a weed at? Give me some more I know y'all niggas need that? Give me some more Even though we getting money, you can Give me some more Cars in the big crib? Give me some more Everybody's red love? Give me some more If you want it, let me hear you say it Give me some more Yo, yo, live nigga shit, know what I mean And represent while we getting money and reign supreme Hope y'all niggas know we coming through full steam Can't see me better turn on your high beam All my niggas while I'm ringing the siren Flip all oh. we go with niggas from my team Never should you ever try to fuck with my cream My OD, when my shit get all in your bloodstream Every time we be ripping and be blowing it down Blowing you all fucking with the hottest niggas around Buckets from me and my people run through your town Holding it down, taking the wild nigga, give me my crown Hey, all my people need to come and surround A nigga be hitting so much to make you fall on the ground Sure to make you shot, that's what I be all about Turning you out, making all of you niggas fall out Y'all niggas had enough? Give me some more Y'all niggas want the wild shit? Give me some more Hey, split for the weed at? Give me some more I know y'all niggas need that? Give me some more Even though we getting money, you get Give me some more With the cars in the big crib? Give me some more Everybody spread love Give me some more If you want it, let me hear you say it Give me some more